let's rewind for a second. Um, February 2021, your birthday. You skied on the slopes of uh, Whistler, BC, and nothing but your underwear. Um, and you seem to be sort of celebrating your life and, and this message of you know self-acceptance and don't take life too seriously. Do you think that is something younger generations need to do more early on? Or do you think that period of intense suffering is necessary? <laughs> uh, a period of intense suffering is probably necessary for our brain to develop. Welcome to the official TikTok For You podcast. I'm your host, Brittany Broski, and we're going to discuss everything TikTok with the creators who have turned the platform into a global community and cultural phenomenon. If it's in culture, it starts on TikTok. Welcome back to the TikTok For You podcast. Today I'm speaking with an icon, honestly, that needs no introduction. It's Chelsea Handler. Usually I go into these big introductions. It's all you, baby. <laughs> oh, thank you, Brittany. Thank you. So excited to have you on. Um, you know, as a young woman in comedy, I kind of just want to start there. In such a historically dominated male field, how did you pull it all off? What do you think was your secret weapon? Um, well, I mean, I think there was a time, it was a time where there was like a real opening for women because even though it's felt very male dominated, it was obviously evolutionarily necessary for more women to like kind of come to the fore. Like it was for sure. a time. So I pretty much ignored all the men that weren't my friends or that were assholes or that, you right. know. If I went to the comedy store to do a set, I wasn't hanging out with all the bros at the comedy store. I was going, doing my set and leaving after my 10 minute set, you know, and right. I didn't hang out with people like that because I, I just kind of had tunnel vision. And I think when you have tunnel vision and you are really ambitious and working towards a goal, you almost nothing could get in your way. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So I did that a lot, you know, and I was pretty and I was, I was loud and I got attention for it. So I think in many ways it was an advantage to be a girl because there was such a dearth of women so that when you, you know, the the women that were there that did stand out, you know, deserve to stand out and kind of open up that category more and more. You know, I mean, as time right. goes on, obviously more and more women have gotten into stand up. And, you know, now we're at a place that was much different than where we were 10 years ago. I would definitely agree. Um, but I think it's because of people like you that have kind of paved the way and especially not just with you know, stand-up comedy, but the way that you've managed to translate that into so many different mediums, uh, namely, obviously, Chelsea Lately. I'm like, hey, guys, have you heard of this show, Chelsea Lately? Um, at, what, eight seasons? And then decided to drop off. What was that leap like of going into the unknown from something you've been doing for so long? Yeah, I uh, was ready for it. I was ready. I think I stayed there probably two seasons longer than I wanted to just because of the camaraderie and the group of people and you feel a sense sure. of responsibility, obviously, when you're employing that many people. So I stayed a little bit longer than I was comfortable with. And then it just got to a point where I wasn't enjoying it anymore. And it just felt like I had more to do and more to learn and more to grow. And I mm -hmm. had to be honest about that with myself, you know, like living your life for other people is not the way to do it. You know, you want to be generous, you want to be kind, and you want to be empathetic to people, but you don't want to live your life for another person. So for me, I had to just take a day. I wanted just to take a break. And then Netflix came along and we kind of had meetings and then we started talking about doing more projects together. So I went back to work sooner than I had thought I would, but I did say, you know, I did use my, my, my ability to make a deal better for me, you know, 
I did use my, 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 uh, I guess sense of success. I used that and said, Hey, I need a year off. I'm going to do a documentary series, which was Chelsea does. And I said, and then we'll start the talk show in another two years. And so they agreed to that, which was great. And it gave me a year to kind of like, you know, reboot and kind of go away, travel, get my act together and stop, uh, you know, and just get out of that hectic cycle of stand up, Chelsea Lately, book, stand up, Chelsea Lately, book, da, da, da. It was like, you're a workhorse. And when you work that hard, no one else is going to stop you, but you, because everyone's making money off of you. So it really comes up to you to go, okay, I'm no longer healthy. I'm no longer enjoying this, or I'm no longer happy. That's all great points. And I have, I have so many follow-up questions in my brain. Um, Well, namely, Chelsea does. You dive into some super hot topics and very pertinent topics of, you know, racism, drugs, white privilege, things like that. From all of that, um, I mean, if you could do like three takeaways about what you've learned about America, do you have any hot, hot goss for us? No, it's not a bunch of great news. So I mean, I wish I could impart some great. I like to look at the positives and the hopefulness and the fact that there are beautiful people out there and that you can meet a stranger on the street and have like an instant connection with somebody who kind of shares your value system. And like you could smile at a stranger on the street and just feel better about yourself, you know, feel better Mm -hmm. about life. Uh, But on the flip side, you know, there's the Republican Party. So it's really, really depressing. It feels in many ways that America's lost the plot, right? Because we mm. started this country with such terribleness and we were still trying to erase that history. So unless we come to grips and are having like a full national reckoning, then yeah, I feel like America kind of has missed the boat. You know, we kind of, we, we were this huge empire. And I think in the last eight years, you've seen it kind of dwindle and we've kind of, you know, lost our, our social value system and our morals in a sense as a country. So I'm hoping that that can come back because I know half the country does care about human rights and cares about women's right to protect their body and to make their own decisions and about all the rights of every single marginalized group. Like it is our duty as white people to constantly be like banging that on, banging on about that and, and um, drilling that home because you have to constantly keep that in the conversation Um, because, you know, I've never, I will never experience what it's like to be a person of color. So in my work, I have to constantly reference the notion that I could ever possibly understand what that is like. Right. Absolutely. And I think that, you know, touching on this idea of like American individualism, I think that's entirely what it is of we have existed as Americans thinking that we're the best country in the world. No one has it like us, you know, whatever, whatever. Then this idea of being a white American woman, a whole different level. And I really, really, I don't know how productive a conversation between two white women is about white privilege, but I think that um, people like you speaking about it so normally is so crucial to pushing the envelope forward and forward. And I think that TikTok and Gen Z and just young people on TikTok in general are really taking that baton you know, that that you kind of have and we're advocating for real change in the world. And I think we really saw that over the past year or two because um, TikTok's only been around for two years. Can you believe it? No, um, I can't believe it. It's taken over the world. Absolutely. Um, and so I, I kind of want to get to that of how are you utilizing TikTok for both your activism, period, 
And also, you know, your comedy, do you test out bits on TikTok? Do you just dick around? What's kind of your MO? Well, I mean, I do have a social media team that helps me with all this stuff. And so we've just been trying to like throw out different things and see which sticks. Um, Before I get political on TikTok, I have to make sure I have my thing. You know what I mean? Because I want people engaged for the, you know, you want to bring them in and then say, okay, and also this. So uh, we haven't really gotten that far on TikTok because I am fairly new, only a couple months. But yeah, I'm definitely going to go there. And, you know, we've had some big wins and then some like, you know, little stupid ones. You know, we've tried all these different things. So we're just kind of trying stuff to see what works and what doesn't for my kind of personality. You know, I can't dance. So that's out. You know, talking about this kind of line between um, politics and humor. Um, And when is the right moment to introduce that? Do you think that as comics or as people with a platform, whatever that may mean, um, there is a responsibility and a duty to speak on things that you're passionate about? Or where is that line drawn traditionally and today between I'm a funny person, let me just be funny and that's it. And then, no, I have millions of people looking at me. I feel obligated to speak on XYZ subject. Where do you personally draw that line? I mean, it's whatever I'm personally, you know, it's what kind of energy and tenacity I have towards a certain subject. And when I think I've said too much or I've not said enough, you know, like one thing I did political on TikTok was there was an anti-vaxxer who was like bragging and smiling about how she's not getting the vaccine because she doesn't trust the government. And I'm like, okay, it's one thing to not get the vaccine because you don't trust the government. That's already stupid. But okay, so say you're doing that. It's another thing to be bragging about it, like, right, like to be like, ha, 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 I'm not getting the vaccine because that's basically flaunting, like hurting somebody. You're not getting right. the vaccine, which means you can pick up the virus more easily and then you can trans and then you can transfer it to somebody uh, more, uh, you know, quickly without the vaccine. So why would you ever be bragging about that? Right. So that was an opportunity, I thought, to say, hey, you know, I'm coming out pro vaccination, but without any, you know, this is my personal feeling, not not me doing like a shot on my arm and showing everybody like everyone has been doing online. It was a more kind of cutthroat way to get to the point. Sure. Do you ever get scared of, um, how do you feel about cancel culture? The idea of being canceled. Are you uncancelable? Oh, no. I think everyone's cancelable at this point. But I think, listen, cancel culture is, you know, people have to, we have to understand that like people are going to make mistakes and evolve. And if they apologize and they mean it, then that's all that you can ask for. You know what I mean? There's a big difference between uh, you know, saying the wrong thing and somebody who's raped women, you know, there's a big area there and people need to evolve. You can't just shut somebody down and throw them in the garbage. I mean, you can, but what is that doing to our society? Right. What precedent does that set? Right. You want to be able to forgive. You want to be able to say to a man who made a mistake about the language he was using or the discrimination that he was employing and have him go through the process of understanding what that means to people and what effect and impact and harm that had on people, not just throwing him. I mean, then what? Then he's going to, you know, he's going to hate the entire culture. He's going to come out with more hate, with more rage. And who knows, you know, like we don't want to feed into the hate and the rage. So I think the cancel culture, you know, I think people really need to understand that people grow and evolve and people make mistakes. Nobody's perfect. And to, you know, I, I just, yeah, I feel like we've had our run of that and we should really recalibrate it and really cancel the people who deserve to be gone forever, not the people that are just you know, making mistakes and learning as they grow, which are plenty. Sure. How did COVID affect your 
mental health personally uh, uh, your comedy aside just you as a person yeah well i mean it's not a particularly funny time so it wasn't a fun time to be writing stand-up so mm-hmm. uh but you know you have to find the funny and, and whatever i have a lot of funny stories about dating guys and during covid and come over in my backyard where i would give them a covid test and then <laughs> 20 minutes later if i didn't like them i'd come back out and say you're, you're positive you have to go <laughs> It was awesome. One guy was that like, so he smart. said to me, we were like oh, we're talking in my backyard. I'm like, oh God, I like this guy. I'm like, he wasn't really my type. I'm, he's really tatted out, really muscular. And that's not normally my speed. But I was like desperate because it was COVID. And sure. It had been a few months and I was like, okay, I got to get the party started here. And I asked him about his, you know, COVID protocol. And he goes, yeah, well, I wear a mask everywhere I go, but I don't believe that they work. And I just was like, I was just about to have sex with you, and you ruined it. <laughs> yeah. Glad you heard that before things ensued. That, yeah. that was the first person I came out and was like, you're positive. You have to go. <laughs> that is so funny. Sorry. I love manipulating men. <laughs> they deserve it right now. They deserve it. We're on a period of probation. It's going to be about a year or two more of really strict probation. And then you guys, and then the part, and then hopefully things will even out a lot more. And then we'll tell you, you know, when you can start hitting on us again. Right. What you will give you the green light sort of thing. We'll let you know. We'll be in touch with you. Sure. Let's rewind for a second. Um, February, 2021, your birthday, you skied on the slopes of uh, Whistler, BC and nothing but your underwear. Um, and you seem to be sort of celebrating your life and, and this message of, you know, self-acceptance and don't take life too seriously. Do you think that is something younger generations need to do more early on? Or do you think that period of intense suffering is necessary? <laughs> uh, a period of intense suffering is probably necessary for our brains to develop. But I, I do think that, you know, liberate like self self-acceptance you know i don't ever ski around nude to like you know to be sexy i'm being funny i'm trying to make a joke about how seriously people take themselves right when i'm topless in an environment it's because i'm making a joke about how serious people are about topless women you know right and so i think that it is important to have the messaging and body positivity and you know and and, but there's also a fine line, right? We're like saying, okay, body positivity. And we're like, you know, half these girls on Instagram have their asses in the camera and are completely over-sexualizing themselves. I don't think that's necessarily great. I don't think we should be hyper-sexualizing our, um, ourselves for other people, but for our, for our own purposes, yes. So like when you're putting yourself on display in a sexual way that is like, you know, when you're trying to be sexy, then that is the attention you're getting, Right. Like I'm not, I don't, I don't want sex. I don't want that energy back at me. I don't want people like coming at me in a, in a really like over-sexualized way. I'm not interested in that. And so I try and really always remind myself, like, it's not that fucking serious. You know what I mean? You're not that serious. Nobody's that serious. And uh, I think that's a good place to be for girls to not take yourself so seriously or take ourselves so seriously. Sure. I, it's definitely um, at this like whole neo-feminist movement. What is it? Third, fourth, fifth, ninth wave that we're in right now? Yeah, it's hard um, to keep track, right? There's ha- that's yeah. how many feminist movements we've had to have because they don't still haven't enough. fixed it. Yeah, we're still a work in progress. Um, I think that that's one of these reactions of these like, you know, balls to the wall sort of thing of 
I can exist as a being with desire, not an object of desire. And I think that that is where, you know, this over-sexualization comes from online. And I do tend to agree with you a little bit of like, is that really doing good for for the movement? Individual? Absolutely. You know, like if this is your way to come to terms with your femininity and, and, you know, assert that you are here and you are feminine, period. I love that. But, you know, for the overall movement, it is sort of one step forward, two steps back sometimes. But at the same time, it's sexual liberation. And that's what feminism is as well. Yeah, right. Sexual libera- liberation. So you, it's basically, I guess that is, you know, that is your kind of own personal what what you find acceptable and what you find not acceptable. That's not even the right word. But what you, um, you know, what you're drawn to, you know. And if that is your way of expressing yourself and boosting your own confidence, then for of course, it's just not my way. Sure. Um. Well, you know, we're talking about being yourself and and being accepting of yourself and others. Um. Since the pandemic, there has been so much. What's the right word? Um chaos curiosity uh, like up upheaval of people's lives and passions and what they want to do careers do you have any advice for those people that went through an entire identity crisis during coronavirus and are coming out of it completely not knowing who they are or what they want to do just feeling lost in life do you have any general advice for people going through something like that uh, yeah. I, first of all, you're not alone. I mean, we are, I, it's so funny. I just launched my podcast, Dear Chelsea, which is an advice podcast. And yeah. so many people call in about this problem all the time, you know, this coming out of COVID. And I think we all are coming out of it in a, everyone's like been through the washer dryer spin cycle repeatedly. So right. you're not alone. I mean, you have to understand everyone in the world has experienced this epidemic, you know, this pandemic epidemic. What is a pandemic and what is an epidemic is world, right? Yes. So we, uh, <laughs> we're, we've all been in it together. So like, yeah, you, you're, that's the one thing that you can take away. It's like your feelings aren't unique to yourself. They're there. Everyone is feeling this. And the, right. the reason we're all feeling it together is because it's magnified by the billions of people that are on this earth. Everyone's kind of trying to come to grips with either going, people are either super excited about things opening up or people are par- like, you know, really like not ready to get back into the mix. I kind of feel somewhere in between. I'm excited, but I'm also like, don't touch me, you know, right. don't, don't touch my hand. So I think everybody just has to take it one day at a time. And meditation for me is very helpful during this time has been because it just kind of keeps you grounded and reminds you of the big picture. I think a lot of times we're looking at the small picture and which is us and our lives and our family and our friends or whatever, our breakup. And it gets very, very narrow. And I think the good thing about meditation, about therapy is to see the bigger picture, just to see that you're not, it's not all about this. It's much bigger. And, uh, and once you function in, in that way, with that kind of knowledge that every little thing isn't so important, every day isn't so important. It's just about trying to be present and loving and aware. Like it does open your mind up and it makes you feel a little bit less, you know, scared. I love that. Do you think it's a question of chasing happiness or chasing, what are you chasing? Well, I don't think you can chase happiness. I think you just have to find it because it's within you, you know, like there's a part of you that, you know, you know, when you go to a party sometimes and you've got it and you're fun and you're like quick and everyone wants to be around you. And then sometimes you go to a party and you're not, 
and you don't know what to say and you're thinking about what you're going to say next. Or, you know, I went to dinner a few weeks ago with my sister in San Francisco with a group of people. And we were like, I was sitting there at dinner and afterwards I was like, I didn't know what to say to anybody. And I'm like, I think I've lost my social skills, you know, and then the next time we went out to dinner, it was great. It's like, we all have that. And it's just about being mindful about where you're at and kind of trying to remember to like, take a few breaths, even though it sounds so corny. It's like, I, it works to center yourself, to ground yourself in who you are in your essence. Like what, what's great about you? Like I'm, I'm, it's very easy for me to be funny, you know, in a conversation. It's very easy for me to be outgoing. I have all of these attributes that I can tap into. So it's like about finding what your attributes are and tapping into those at all the times where you're feeling insecure or unsure of the next moment. Because if the pandemic has taught us anything, it's that everything is impermanent. You know, everything's in flux and in movement. So if you're in absolutely great space today, there's a good chance in a week you won't be in the same exact spot, you know? And conversely, for when you're going through a bad time, it changes quickly. I think that's great advice of just, because it is so serious, especially at that age point, not to put an age associated with it, but especially these people that just graduated high school, just graduated college, and you're going into literally uncharted waters with online school and, you know, the traditional college experience is not the traditional experience anymore because of COVID. And it's just very, you know, I think there was a class consciousness awakening during the pandemic too of like, am I just going to be chained to a desk until I'm 50 and die from a heart attack? It's like, yeah, actually, probably. So (laughs) like, you're the one that is in control of, you know, that narrative and that onus is a lot for people to realize. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. I think that's very good advice of just, it's not that serious. Take it one day at a time, figure out who you are and then let the rest happen. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, Dear Chelsea, I want to talk about Dear Chelsea. Can you tell us the plot, plot, the, um, yeah, kind of overall vibe of the show? And who's your co-host? My co-host is Brandon, my assistant. And I, uh, yeah, I went to therapy and I wrote a book about it. And then I did a stand-up special about it. So it all kind of, it kind of like snowballed into this you know, one thing after, like one piece of kind of art after another, a piece of creativity. So first I went to therapy and I got all this great information and I was like, fuck, I got to share this with everybody. Like nobody's getting, not everybody can afford a therapist like this. You know, he was like top notch and I could, so I wanted to like get it out there. So I would come home from my sessions and just write down everything. And then at the end, I was like, okay, I'm going to turn this into a book. And then the book turned into a tour and the tour turned into a stand-up tour. And then I you know, turn that into a special for HBO Max called Evolution. And I think the podcast was born out of the same idea, which was I wanted to do projects now where it's not just about me. It's not just me like, you know, collecting a check and being silly or loud or funny. It's actually more introspective and kind of more of a contribution than a take, you know? I love that. Yeah, I think that's a nice way to go through life, especially for me in this position that I'm in now. You know, I did all that hard work in the beginning, like from in my twenties and thirties, I never sat still, you know, and it took me a while to slow down. And so it's an advice podcast and people call in about advice. And I thought it would be like, you know, stupid shit, like how to break up with her, you know, your boyfriend or, but it's not, it's actually 
there are some calls that are like a little bit lower, you know, like life threatening. (laughs) They're not life threatening, Mm -hmm. but there are calls that we've gotten where I'm like, oh my God, this is real advice that we have to give out. Like we have to bring an expert or a real person in. Um, And it makes you think, you know, it makes you read. I've been reading all these self-help books. So I have like, you know, more advice to give, but yeah, it's been awesome. I love talking to real people about their problems. I love it. Absolutely. Well, and with a bestie too, makes it so much more fun. Um, you know, I think the the beauty of a podcast like that is, you know, it seems like that one person calling in and it's just like, oh, this problem is really specific to them. You know, let's call in whoever we need to. But like so many millions of people suffer from the same, whatever, like we are never alone. And I think that is um, a message that TikTok has really taught me is the most niche like interests and passions that I thought were were like specific to me. So many other people, you are not special, but you are special. And it's very much like, I don't know. I I, I hope you realize the good you're doing with a podcast like that is what I want to say. Well, thank you. I think the note for everybody, it's like, you're not, you're not unique in your problems, right? You think that you're the only one going through things, but you're not unique and you are special because you're the only person that is like you. Like, you you know, no one else is exactly like you. So you're both of those things at the same time. And that's an important thing for us all to remember. Absolutely. Well, I wanted to ask you in the vein of advice, success. What does success mean to you? And do you equate success with the idea of celebrity? Probably because that's my business. You know what I mean? Even if I don't want to admit that's true, it is because it is, that's how I make a living, right? So if I go on tour and I sell out 30 30 theaters, then yes, that's successful. Um, There are people that like, you know, that look at every good thing as successful. You know, they, they don't have a barometer in that way, right? So it's hard to ask that. I mean, hard to answer that in a you know, I want to be completely honest because that is a huge part of my life. I mean, that's my livelihood and that's, you know, I don't have, I'm not married. I don't have kids. It's like, so my, my business is my life in a sense, you know? Um, but success means to me having friendships that are like really beautiful and reciprocated, you know, knowing people, knowing that like for me, knowing that I'm reliable and dependable is, is a great feeling. I want to know, I want people to know that about me because I grew up thinking my parents were the most unreliable, most undependable. And so I always was just like, I just want to be the person that shows up. I want people to know, and they do. And everyone in my life knows that. And people that don't know me know that, like that don't know me personally know that. So that for me was really important. And that's a huge uh, description of success. And I think, you know, my day-to-day happiness is an indicator of success. Like, are you in a good mood? Are you in a bad mood? Are you bitchy? Are you reactive? You know, like, like, you know, being really mindful of that and actually moderating, not moderating, what was the word I'm thinking of? Monitoring my behavior and my actions, you know, and the things that are hard to do, like, that it require a little stitch of bravery for me are always so much more bountiful. Anything that I'm fearful of always delivers. Right. That's a very introspective answer. (laughs) Above and beyond. Thank you, Chelsea. Oh, you're so welcome. (laughs) Who would have thought there's two brains on these blonde hairs? Exactly. (laughs) Behind these dyed blonde hairs. Exactly. Yeah, the eyebrows are very telling. Um, Well, you touched on this for a second, and I know you hate this question because I'm sure you've been asked it so many times, so I want to take it from a different angle. It seems like a lot of people are interested in, no husband, no kids. What do you mean you don't have a husband and kids? 
I don't understand the obsession with that question and the obsession with fleeting youth and fleeting beauty and usefulness, I guess, as a woman. So my question for you is, why do you think people care so much about what you do with your body? I think it's just we're, again, we're products of our, we're products of society. Like we've been taught to care about that. We've been taught that that's our currency. Like you're dating a guy. When are you guys going to get married? When are you, it's like, don't you have a more original question than that? I'm not getting married. I fucking said that 80 times. How many times do I have to explain myself? Or, Or, you know, if as soon as you get married, when are you having a baby? It's like, we're all just allowing society to direct our thoughts when our thoughts are our own. Society is a good kind of template, but don't just assume because everyone else is doing something that you're, you need to do it. And I think like your generation is going to be, my generation is the last generation on, uh, you know, that, that is even going to have any questions about transgender identity or about LGBTQIA or resist the fact that there's a new letter, you know, added all the time and go, I'm so confused. It's like, well, so what? Learn. This is what's happening. This is the future. Fucking suck it up. It's just like men resisting sexism. It's like suck it up and get better at being a full-bodied human being. It's of course you don't under trans you don't under you don't understand transgender uh, youth because you you weren't one. So of course you're not going to get it. It's not up to you to understand. It's up to you to understand them and say I'm willing to accept you like this. Teach me about it. Or, you know, whoever, it's not their responsibility to teach you about it. But if it's somebody right. close in your life, then yeah. But it's also your responsibility to just get get more well-rounded and understand that society is changing, things are happening. And there's, anytime you resist change, it becomes worse and more magnified. So if you resisted, it persists is what I, um, is a line from, I think, Eckhart Tolle. But it's so true. You know, it's like if someone's trying to break up with you and you're holding on to them. What what's going to happen there? They're going to leave you eventually. The only thing you can do is go. Thank you. Go. I'm so sorry. This is ending, but go, go. And if you come back, great. It's Hey Alexa, play Let It Be by the Beatles as well. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) Hey Alexa, start there. (laughs) Well, Chelsea, it's almost time to wrap. But before we do, I want to ask what's next for you. Um, Anything else you'd like to plug? I cannot wait for all the things coming. I just love you so much. I've been fangirling this whole time. I hope you haven't noticed. Oh, Brittany, you're so cute. I love you. Thank you. I just love your TikTok. Oh, you have to tell me. I was going to ask you advice on what I should do on TikTok. Sure. Um, Whatever thought pops into your brain. Because that's worked for me. Is that that what you do? Well, I think a lot of the nature of TikTok is it's trend driven. You know, a lot of hashtags, a lot of trending audios, a lot of trending trends, whatever. I... When it's fun, I'll do it, but I don't make that my whole personality and I don't make that my whole page. And I've been rewarded for it of, you know, I post what I think is funny and I post whatever thought or intrusive thought I have. And usually a lot of people can relate to it. And I think that's that's my secret. <laughs> okay, that's good advice, actually. I appreciate that because you know what? Yeah, you're right. It is kind of like top of mind. That's something that I would be good at, too, is just going off on a subject matter and recording it. Yeah. And unless you're on the app all the time, you're not going to know the trends, you know, and you are far too busy to be sitting on TikTok for seven hours a day, like mindlessly going through all the trends and being like, oh, I want to do no post what you want to post, period. All right. That's great advice. Great advice from both of us, I think, today. (sighs) Wow. Look at us go. Well, thank you for joining us. Um, Where can we keep up with you? Uh, Is there anything, like I said, that you want to plug or um, 
that we should spend our money on and buy. Yeah, go to HBO Max. You can watch my stand-up special, uh, Evolution. Uh, you can listen to Dear Chelsea on any podcast and look out for um, my touring dates. I'm coming to a city near you in the fall. Thank God. All right. Well, thank you, Chelsea. This was so fun. It was such a pleasure speaking with you, Brittany. You too. That's it for this week's episode of For You. Share the love and keep the conversation going online. Leave us a review. Follow us on TikTok at at TikTok and at TikTok creators. Don't forget to use the hashtag For You Podcast. And remember to subscribe so you're notified every time we drop a new episode. Catch new episodes every week exclusively on TikTok Live, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever y'all get your podcasts. I don't know. For You is a TikTok and Gallery Media Group original production. All right. Bye, everyone.